Okay, so let's say looking at your life, maybe you had five problems today. Maybe so far this week there was quote-unquote 15 problems. Let's times that by 52 weeks and how many years. Let's say you had thousands of problems. Yeah? Now, there's all these thousands of problems, but there's one you. There's a correlation between the problem and the you. <laughs> I'm telling you, the you is the biggest problem of all. Because it's through the you that the mind gives meaning to what you call problems, yeah? It adds tons of weight. It minimizes things that are really should be maximized, and it maximizes things that are very trivial. It makes mountains out of molehills all day, yeah? Incredibly. It just, it just dumps huge amount of meaning, and then the next day that thing has no meaning to you, yeah? This is what mind does. It's, it was said very well in The Course in Miracles, it's lesson three, and that is you and I, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Yeah. Just like a perceptual axiom, a certain way we travel here. What you and I are are meaning givers. Yes. This is what this event is. Yeah. Meaning is being given to life. Meaning is being given to things. Now, there is a central place there's more than one, but there's one place that we're very familiar with, many of us, which is called self-centeredness. So, a lot of conditional minds are engaged in a system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness, and that's where most of the meaning that's being uh, distributed comes from, yes? So, when something happens, very rarely does that impress itself on you, right? It's more you inject it with something, yes, and then that impresses itself on you. So the Course in Miracles would say it's projection first, then perception. So the mind projects something, then from this conditioning we perceive it to be so. We perceive that thing to have that quality. We perceive that thing to be real. But in fact, it was projected, yet we're not aware of that projection, yes? Our role as this, in this identification is not to see behind the screen, not to see, see behind the curtain, yes? Every time we try to look behind the curtain, we can't get past that. Self is never going to get out of self. So, perceptually, this mind is giving meaning to things all day. I see something. If I'm in good condition the day before, it's okay. If I don't feel like I'm in good condition, it's a threat. Yeah? Does it have the quality of being okay or a threat? Neither. It's neutral in a sense, yes? I give meaning to it. Even, let's say, one of the most heinous things that could happen to someone, let's say you were uh, abused sexually when you were a kid. If you followed 20 kids who had the exact same event, yes, they would all have a different look at it after a while, yeah? Even though it's such a powerful experience, what would override that experience would be the meaning the mind would give it. Yeah? Some of them maybe become drug addicts, everything like that, never forgot it. Others would get catapulted from that into a big, large life. Yeah? You don't know what's going to happen because we're taking things to be solid and having an inherent quality, yet they're actually neutral. Yeah? The mind is giving everything the meaning it has. It's a beautiful statement. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. That's the suggestion it's putting out there. Find out if that seems to be true for you. 
Because if it is, you'll stop looking out there and trying to change the pieces of the game board, but look at the game master. Who's got this monopoly going the way it has? And the boot and the house or whatever is never leaving the game board. If you're identified as a boot, wherever you think you go is the monopoly game board. Yeah? The boot can't leave the game board. Yeah? This is about realizing, hey, I'm not the boot. Then there's a sense of leaving the game board because it doesn't dominate anymore. Another game starts happening. Yeah? Another aspect of mind starts giving the meaning to things. Not from self-centeredness. And there are aspects of mind that are not centered in the idea of being a self. Yeah? Your mind has the ability to access these other modalities and now you start seeing life in a totally different way because you're not looking at it from self-centeredness because again, the self-centeredness will project meaning on something and then your experience will be as if you perceived it. As if it's solid and real and that's its, that's its nature. It does nothing really has a nature. If you ever heard of Buddhism, they would say everything is inherently empty. What is it empty of? It's empty of having its own nature. Yeah? It doesn't have a nature. It's an appearance. And that appearance is given meaning to by what's causing the appearance to appear, which is the mind dreaming. Yeah? It projects. We are, we're not privy to that, so we just start from here as if this is real. And when you take this to be real, if you really take that feeling of being the doer and the haver and the, and the feeler and the thinker, if those are in place, you, in a sense, at that point, are a product of a mental process. You are at the end of, a, of an assembly line. You're not even near close to the first square. You're waking up into the game board at, like, square four. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of something's projecting and then I'm perceiving an empty thing and giving meaning to doesn't come to you that quite easily, yeah? Because you're not privy to it. You're down at square four because you've got this incredible sense of being Paul. That everything that happens, there's the claiming of it as, he, uh, as if it's happening to me or I'm the doer of it, yeah? This is like, this is like square four, square five. You're already in the mix. There's no way that's going to get out of the game board. There's no way. No way. It's realizing you're not the boot. It's realizing you're not that. That allows you to sense mine prior to this configuration into this sense of being a Paul. Yeah? And then you actually see the machinations that produce the feeling of Paul. You see what reinforces Paul. You see... All the, all the things that are stuck to this idea of being a someone. You see it. And if you start seeing it, there's going to be one moment, or very quickly, or sometime, where there's going to be a sense, I must not be that. Because all of that, all of that production, no one ever walks out from the, behind the curtain. There's nobody home. You're not an inherent, solid object called Paul that life has been chiseling. Yeah, you have some basic uh, conditionings, but most of it's been chiseling. But you'll never lose your true statuesque unit sense of nowness. It's not true for me. I don't see it to be so. And that's where the relief is. The relief doesn't come from the relief of all the problems for Paul, but the relief is from Paul. Yeah. If you took if you took an alcoholic, that's a, a group of people I'm familiar with, 
If you took an alcoholic and dropped it into heaven, it would be hell in a day for the alcoholic. That's its view, yeah? It would find fault in anything, yeah? It's not the thing doesn't have a fault. It's the what's looking at it. From that perspective, everything is not enough, yeah? And this idea of self, let's say, okay, I really feel I'm the thinker of these thoughts. That's a pretty good diagnosis that you're on square five in the game board. Yeah. Now, the whole drive by square five, by that boot, is to get out of the game, in a sense. Yeah. But that drive to get out of the game is one of the biggest aspects of being in the game. Yeah. The drive to get out of the game is actually the biggest motivation of the game board. Yeah. It has all these little fake exits. It has places where you land and you buy maps of how to get out. There's some that are historical maps, 3,000 years old from mountainous terrain in Tibet or somewhere. There's all these little ways, like you get the big gold key. All right, now I know how to get out. As long as there's a sense of you, you ain't getting out. Self isn't getting out of self. <laughs> a product of a mental process cannot leave the process that makes it. It can't. It's impossible. If something is, let's say, projecting this appearance, yeah, let's say some aspect of mind is projecting this appearance, then that appearance can't leave the the area of the projector. Yeah. So self-centeredness is projecting the sense of being a self. Now, there's other aspects of modalities of mind that aren't built in, into self as the center. Let's say they're centered. Well, what happens with them? They project a different story. Instead of having this desire to become constantly and fulfillment and climax and crescendo, you're already so to begin with. Yeah? You're complete in and of yourself no matter how you look or how others view you to be looking. Yeah? There's a sense of calm and peace because the agitation, the underlying agitation of self-centeredness has been removed. Yeah? That's where the peace is. There is no peace in self-centeredness because self-centeredness is in and of time. So even if you have a great joyous moment, the mind's going to arise and says, but it probably won't last. How can you enjoy peace with that kind of thought? Yes? <laughs> Especially if you believe you're the thinker of the thought. If you believe you're a thinker of thought, good luck getting out of thought. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> if you believe you're the thinker of all the thoughts, it's like something sitting there like a belief or an old idea. You're the thinker of the thoughts. Every thought that is seen, and you don't see them, consciousness sees them. Yeah? Consciousness is what brings them into attention. Consciousness, not you. Yeah? When there's the seeing of a thought, there's this old idea that you're the thinker of it. Yeah? This is what immediately hijacks the experience of conscious contact. It immediately gets claimed by the mental process and becomes an interpretation of conscious contact, which is, I'm conscious. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's thinking. These are my thoughts. And therefore, I can't show everyone my thoughts because I'm embarrassed about some of my thoughts. Because some of my thoughts I take to be bad. And therefore, I have to have many secrets to all hide all those bad thoughts, and I got to put on a nice face. But I'm constantly busy keeping all this at bay because it's like my unruly animals. I don't want them out because if they bite anyone, I'll be to blame. Yeah. 
This whole claiming, this whole being the owner, this whole idea of being the proprietor is the glue to the bondage of self. The, bond, the feeling of being a self is the end story of the bondage of self. And it's not the beginning of the bondage of self. The feeling of being a self, being the thinker, being the feeler, being the haver, being an object, that is the glue of the self, of the bondage of self. Yes? It's already done. You're, like, you're glued into the seat that you want to incessantly get out of. Good luck. Everywhere you go, you take the seat with you. <laughs> self can't get out of self. The boots never leave in the monopoly for it. There's no secret boardwalk that immediately the game changes. No, you keep on moving and you'll end up in Baltic place sooner or later. You're going to get, the shit's going to be dualistic, things are going to work and they're not going to work. If your identification is based on circumstances, it's going to be a very unstable identification. See what happens when people, they identify as being a worker, and then they retire, and they go into deep depression. Some of them kill themselves, because they were so identified with what they were called to be the one who's doing. You know, I'm this. When they're not this anymore, what am I? seems like a giant chasm, a void they don't want to go to. But I found the relief from the bondage of self truly comes from entertaining you're not that. Why do you think, look at all the processes that have been offered in this world to get out of self. I mean, there's millions of them, really. Yeah? And see how successful they've been. I mean, if they were factories, they would have been closed down a long time ago. They promise a lot, but I don't see many people walking around free from the bondage of self, it seems like. Yeah? Why is that case? Is it, and what happens with self-centeredness, who gets to be blamed? Not the process, but you. <laughs> of course, you are at fault. If you were only a better meditator, then it would have worked. No, it wouldn't have. Yeah. It's always self-centeredness. This is a thing. I remember when my father, my, I was young, my father got ill in a uh, you know, he was like a father. He'd take me out, play baseball with me, and did this and this that. Then he couldn't do any of that. You know, my mother talked to me, my grandmother talked to me, Dr. Jim Quinto talked to me, telling me, hey, your father can't be playing with you as much as he used to. And I was probably nodding and listening, but in, my, in that, that modality of self-centeredness, my strong feeling was I must, have had, I must have done something wrong to make my father not to want to play with me. And it didn't matter how much anyone said, that self-centeredness reigned supreme. Yeah? Because that was the beat, that was the deep conditioning. If, you're the, if your world is based on self-centeredness, then everything is based on you. This whole thing in the Course in Miracles, they talk about guilt, like the, uh, or in, in uh, Catholicism, they talk about original sin. This is like a little bastardized version of it. But they would say, the guilt that people seem to really be in is because they have a sense of oneness and beauty and love, this, even if it's just an ideal that they never reach. But there is a feeling in most people. And yet, their day-to-day -day experience doesn't say anything like that. It says this place is terrible. And so, seeing that that's a possibility, and yet seeing it's not happening, who's to blame? Deep down, you, yeah? You, 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 you. 
that's a hard fucking bit of guilt to shake off. Yeah? It's not on the conscious level. It's much deeper than that. If you believe that you're the, you're the big doer and haver in this life, and if you feel the pangs of separation, yet you've heard a message that all there is is love and bliss, and yet your daily experience is totally contrary to that, who do you think is going to be at fault? I would say you, yeah. So why don't these things work? Maybe they do for some people. I haven't seen that many. I would say because you can't get out of something you cannot be in. It's an impossibility. You can't leave a place you've never been. Yeah. I do not believe, no matter how much we huff and puff, that we can lose our nature of, let's say, awareness or spirit or consciousness or no thingness and become totally a thing. Yeah? Be it a mental thing or a physical thing. I just don't think that's possible. So in a sense, why you can't get out of self is because you were never in self. Yeah? That's so beautiful. You know? Just like people constantly are working to get into the moment, I'm saying you can't be out of the moment. What would happen? All those books about how to really to be in the moment, you put them down or how to really, really be in the moment, because it would be an absurdity to you, because it was such a clear absolute, you can't be out of any moment that you're in. <laughs> There's no freaking way. Yeah? So this desire to get out of what we're not in and to get into what we're not out of is insane, isn't it, to me? I mean, look at it. Who tells you how good you're doing being in the moment? Your head, yeah. And that head has never been in a moment ever. It's been in a moment, in a mental moment, which is just jam-packed full of past and future. Yes? <laughs> it has never been in a virgin moment ever. It's of time. It can't leave time to be present here, because its idea of presence is chock full of past and future. Yeah? That's its sense of presence. Why do you, what is it that your thoughts are about most of the day? Are they about now? They're about the past and the future. Where does all its value lie in the past and the future? How does it present you, your thought system, as a body? Yeah? When, you're, when, the mind, when the conditional mind thinks about you, how are you pictured? As a body. That's the only way to think about you in the past. It has to picture you somewhere three years ago. Yeah? It needs a flag. It needs a flagpole. It needs a point of reference. What's that point of reference to fixate on? The body. Do you think the mind actually believes it's a body? Give me a break. I remember when I was young, I was doing a, I was on some couple of hits of LSD. And we were going to go to a Rod Stewart concert in Madison Square Garden. We lived in Long Island. And we had to take the Long Island Railroad. And my head came up with a great idea. Let's take seven downs. You know? Like, that probably would have killed me if I took seven downs on two and a half hits of LSD. But I realized that night, even as a young kid, this thing, if self-preservation is a huge instinct, it doesn't seem like my mind has it. <laughs> Not for the body. I mean, obviously, it's preserving self very strongly, but it doesn't really take itself to be a body. It just uses that as, a, as something to fixate over, yeah? To actually claim as to become the dominant one here. Instead of realizing the one of all ones, we become a special one, don't we? 
Out of all these Jews, there's only one me. Isn't that incredible? Everyone here sees me exactly as I am, as this, are you. Everyone here. You could bring 8,000 more people. Not one of them would ever call me me. Not one. Not one. They would never be mistaken for one second that I was a me. Yet, all the while, everyone sees me as a you. I'm sitting here basking in the glory of my Venus. Yeah? What an insane uh, usurping, what an insane hijacking of, let's say, God by this little mental process. And now it's busy playing God based on these main premises. You're the doer. Yeah? You're the Alpha and Omega. You're, you are what's conscious. Yeah? Oh, when these, this Godhood is established, what do you think it's doing all day? It's just riffing. It's like John Coltrane already set down the theme. It just riffs. Oh, what could possibly happen to you in separation? Oh, watch this. And you'll never be loved. <laughs> You're the source of love, but you'll never be loved. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just riffing. And you, you want to get relief from this little uh, concert. But the whole symphony has been set. We bought like lifelong tickets. Part of the concert is desire to get out of the concert. That's what prolongs it. Yeah. But what would happen if we're not that? What would happen? Find out. Yeah. Instead of being so concerned with what, what you're worrying about, be concerned with who's worrying. If it ain't you, I'm telling you, you're going to lose interest in that topic of worry, and it'll be like you never worried before. Yeah. You'll be freed from it. But not as the you. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. What I notice is, all my interest and attention in life was be, being distributed from this one premise that I was Paul. Yeah? And that's all it was concerned about. Everything became a reflection of Paul. Everything. Every girlfriend I ever went out with, I very rarely even knew who they fucking were. They, I just knew what I thought they were. Yes? Constantly, everything was reflecting this idea of being Paul. And it was like a form of slavery. My interest and attention couldn't get out of myself. So I had to do drugs. I had to do something to fucking get some relief. Yes? Now there's spiritual practices and programs where they have a very good emphasis on service. Because service gives you a very easy free sample of being out of oneself. And then you get a, can get a sense of what some of the qualities that are available when you're out of, you know, out from the ass of self. And you can call one of them availability. You feel bigger. Yeah? A lot of people describe it, they feel lighter or bigger or more open. And then when they're open and bigger, they sense a presence that they weren't sensing before they were doing the service. Yeah. Because the false presence has been left, and now they can sense the real presence, which is consciousness. Yeah. But you can't sense the real presence as the false presence. Yeah. The false presence would be seen to be false if the real presence was available to it. It has to make it seem like it isn't for it to seem like it is. Yeah? It's an incredible... It has to have it that way. Because if... That's what happens to a lot of people. People are waiting to get the message. They're never going to be there when they get it. Because yeah? it's not them getting it. You're never going to get it. Yeah? People are wanting to have the experience of their own absence, but they want to be there to have that. It ain't going to happen. What's that drive to one to be there to have that experience will be what drops. 
And then you'll sense what you thought was a goal that one day you would attain. You sense it as a common situation. Awareness, yeah. You sense the presence of onness. And so what happens? Usually we go back into that format of self-centeredness, which causes a lot of irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And not from the lack of looking. We're looking constantly, seeking all the time, but obviously it's a failed system. And so what? Some sooner or later, hopefully, you'll do some service again. What happens? You come out of the ass of self. You feel available. Yeah? You sense this presence. Let's say maybe 50, 80 times. What would happen if when you sense the presence, you took that to be you? Instead of what needs that sense of presence, maybe you are exactly what you think you need. Maybe you are what you're looking for. Okay. Maybe, just maybe, you are what you're looking for. That would change a lot, wouldn't it? Shit. You leave self-centeredness, now you're in centeredness. Centeredness is already complete. So it's not in, it doesn't have a, it doesn't need time, because it doesn't need time to complete itself. It's already so, yeah? It doesn't have any urge or drive to seek to make itself better, because it's complete, yeah? This is what your life can start looking like, when it's relying on centeredness instead of self-centeredness. It's just like a rose bush, where this thing, if there's no sun and no light, no light here, no water, a very small pot, and this was a flowering bush, it probably wouldn't be flowering. And if it had our mindset, it would be blaming itself for not flowering. Fuck, what's, all, everyone else is flowering, you know what I mean? But if you took the same thing and put it in a bigger pot with some good soil, some water, and some light, it would bloom like crazy. That's exactly what it's like. If you leave what's unreliable, you're going to show different effects here. Your manifestation, which is what we are, we're not a solid thing, we're a manifestation. Yeah? We are a continual verbing appearing as an object. That would take a huge uh, change of course. Because now there would be a reliance on something that is complete, that is at peace, that is, there's no, I'm not enough there. Yes. It doesn't value time, because it's of, of timeless nature. So you're basically plopped right where you are because you realize there's nothing else to be. You can't be anywhere else at this moment. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> These things become absolutes, and so the mind, with all this false roaming privileges, their privileges get taken away. It's not so. Yeah. Just because your thoughts go next year to next year, you don't. You're the scene of every fucking thought. No matter how chock ch full of time that thought is, the seeing is always now. The seeing has nothing to do with time. Even while, if it's seeing something that's totally leached and died with time, it still has nothing to do with it. Yeah? There's a distinct, huge difference in what's seeing and what's being seen. Yeah? And you are not the seer, there's just seeing. There's just awareness. Yes? And what is awareness doing in manifestation? It's aware of. Yeah? Because things are appearing. So it can become aware of. Yes? But every moment it becomes aware of, it never loses the sense of its awareness. That's its nature. So if you're aware of thoughts that are telling you you're totally bummed out and you're disconnected and you're unconscious, it's a bullshit advertising. 
Because you're as where as where can be seeing that thought. That message couldn't have been delivered unless you saw it. Yeah? And that seeing is pristine. Yeah? It's not, it's not affected by the, by the uh, circumstances and situations of manifestation. It's unmanifest. It's complete in and of itself. It's like the sky. No matter what happens in the sky, the sky's not affected by what happens in it. If a bird shits, it never sticks on the sky, does it? It always lands on a, a thing of, of the earth, usually a car. <laughs> yeah. Explosions never rip the sky open, do they? Never. Fourth of July, there's been tons of Fourth of July explosions. Not, you know, does someone have to patch up the sky after, you know, 12 o'clock at night on Fourth of July? Hold there, that fucking thing would not do it. No, this is sort of what mind is like. Mind is like a vast space, but it's conscious and aware, and what's arising in it, it sees. But it doesn't lose its nature by what it sees. It's the mental processor that has arisen that's claimed the seeing as an attribute that it's doing as the seer, and that's when you're looking. Immediately, the vision of seeing becomes a form of looking called self-centeredness. Immediately. And there's a lot of incredible expedient means of great ways of looking, but not one of them is close to seeing. Not one. Not one, because they're still based on circumstances and situations. Seeing is not. Yeah? And every form of looking is really just a cover for, for the seeing that's there. So what? We're walking around as conscious as hell, yet not very many people are quite aware of it, are they? Because the consciousness has been hijacked, and it's called something I, as Paul, is doing. Yeah? I'm doing the consciousness. We can't even eat, you know, take a shit when we want. We can't even digest any food, but we're thinking we're doing consciousness? It's unbelievable. I mean, to believe you're the thinker is pretty extreme leap. But to believe you're conscious is really out there. <laughs> I mean, look at a dead body. <laughs> the dead body may be perfect. If, if it got suddenly animated, it would be able to function. But it ain't seeing anything. Yeah. So obviously it ain't the seer. Yeah. If this is a, it's like a toaster. It thinks it's making the toast, you know? So therefore, as soon as it believes it's making of the toast, then it has the right to have tons of opinions about what toast it made. And I should have burnt that a little less. And uh, margarine, no. I only want butter. It's not, but it's the electricity, isn't it? It's the electricity that's making the toast. The toaster is built in a certain way that it provides a function. But what completes the mission isn't the toaster. It's the electricity, yeah? That's the driving force. And the funny thing is, you can plug 8,000 different appliances and the same electricity will allow them to function, yes? In the same way, in a way, here we are, all little toasters here, some blenders and some whatever. <laughs> and then, they're all thinking that we're the blender, you know what I mean? And, you know, we have long stories about, you know, the bluntness of our blades. That's why I can't chew that thing up. I guess I wasn't taking care of when I was young. But all, all those appliances is being driven by one force. Yeah. 
The toaster will never be relieved of the toaster problems as a toaster. It would probably be really relieved. Well, it is because I've never seen a toaster flip out. You know, I never, I never see it sulk. You know, I put it in, it makes toast. You know, it doesn't. No, I'm not doing any toasting today. You know, you know what I mean. But as soon as you claim to be the one that's doing it, all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. It's too late then. After that's occurred, or seemingly occurred, it's like trying to get back. You can't get back. Self can't get out of self. Once the sense of being the doer and the haver and the thinker is in place, you are on the game board, already on square five. And no matter where you go, you can't leave the game board. You are a boot. You are the Eiffel Tower. If you're not changing you're not leaping off and being a boot somewhere else. The boot and the game board are synonymous. Yes? The game appears to be the way it is because there's an appearance of a boot. We're busily trying to change the monopoly game. Why not just change the identification as the boot and see what happens? I found out that it allows you to travel later in this place. Where before, you were huffing and puffing and flipping out every freaking day about stuff, now you can sort of walk through stuff that you never imagined you could have ever walked through. Because it's not you walking through. It's like doing these talks. I never missed a meeting yet, except for Monday. I never missed a meeting And the fact is, because I never come to any of the meetings, ever. If it was me that was here doing the meeting, there would have been tons of reasons why I didn't do one. Tons of them. Yeah. But for 19 years, I showed up every time I was committed to do one of these things, because I didn't show up. If it was me, I would have found a damn good reason not to go. I was bad to someone that day or something. How can I speak about this? Because I'm not fucking speaking about it. That's how I can do it. If it was based on a resume, I would be, no, I you know, tape my mouth. I have no right to say anything to anybody. Look at what I've done. It has nothing to do with me. That's the beauty of it. And it's really nice when life is lived from that point of view somewhat. It has nothing to do with me. Then you can respond and be flexible, be present without this incredible weather front of time hanging over your sky. That's what's happening. We can't even see the sun because we're on this side of the clouds here. If you were sitting here and you wanted to get some sun and clouds had this space to appear in, then the clouds would have a huge influence on you getting sun or not. Yeah? One cloud... Very, very, it's not even, you can't even call it a thing, right? It's just, it's just water vapor. Yeah. It doesn't really have a solidity like a body or a mantle or a chair. Yet, it would have the ability to block you off from the sun you so only need, yeah? What would happen is, if you're not this, that's on this side, but you're on the sun side, you would see the clouds, but they would have no ability to stop you from the sun, yeah? You'd still see them. Clouds would arise, things would happen, but they wouldn't have the power to block you off from, let's say, the sunlight of the spirit. That's a fucking good solution to the seeming dilemma. Yeah? To have a sense you're on the sun side. So whatever comes up can't block you off from your own nature. Yeah? It only appears in it. So things get, they lose their meaning. They lose their meaning. Corsa would say that you and I are the dreamer of this dream. Yeah? We forgot we dreamt it. And we've given what we dreamt all the power to affect us. 
beautiful description of what's happening here. You and I are the dreamer of this dream. We've forgotten we've dreamt it, and we've given it all the power to affect us. Yeah? So if you remember the, the dreaming, then the power that you gave that, you may not give back. Yeah? That power of this. That's like a drunk tiger can only scare the shit out of you if you're a dreamt object. If you would wake up and you realize it was a dreamt tiger, where would all the fear go? It would dissipate quickly, yeah? But as a dreamt object, you begin reading books of how to cohabitate with a tiger. You know, make sure you keep looking at the tiger. <laughs> Don't offer any big pieces of flesh to the tiger. You try to get, how can I live with this freaking tiger? Yeah? Constantly with this sense of angst, yeah? Because the tiger can kill you. What would, and there would be no relief, really. Yeah? But if you're not, if you're not the dreamt object, then you see the tiger as dreamt, and then it loses all its power over you. Yeah, it's such a beautiful way to go. Yeah. Question C. Use, what the, use the worrying and being fixated on what's happening. Use it and turn that mirror that's catching all those things and turn it on where it's coming from. And let's see if it's your original face. Yeah? Let's see if there is a you that's worrying. Yeah? If, it, if it's not, you may be able to travel with worrying much easier. Yeah? I found all the distribution that is, all the meaning that is given to things is coming from that point of view from self-centeredness. And there are other options. There's other modalities that you can access give meaning. Just like the self-centeredness gives meaning, but their whole modality is not based on self. It's based on something else. And you may like, you may be able to wear it looser as a light. You may not feel so claustrophobic. That huge drive to get out may dim down. And then you'll realize you were never in. You really weren't. That's the biggest scene. The funny thing is, when you're trying to get out all the time, all it's doing is verifying the belief you're in. Yeah, you're giving everything all the meaning it has. If you're busy trying to escape from the day, yeah, all day, trying to escape from your feelings, you just gave them a, a reality that's unbelievable. Yeah. Once a feeling is mine or yours, it gets so much heavier, doesn't it? It gets stretched out in time. What happens is the feeling may pass, but the story is like elongates it. Now you have a story, and then this feeling connects to a feeling you once had and then another and you got this huge event going on and then if you have a couple of them you can make a real tapestry of depression quite easy yeah? you pull this one you pull this one and you pull this one and you pull this one you're not doing but the mind and it's stretching out a feeling and connecting it to all these points in time yeah I've always felt this way or I'm I, you know, I'm never going to get out of this. You know, it just immediately goes to an absolute. You feel it once, oh, I'm always going to feel like this. You know, if you're having a bad five minutes, oh, I'll kill myself. You know, I can't take this life. You haven't even had much of it. It's five minutes, but I can't take it anymore. Because there's a meaning that's being given it, yeah? It's... Yeah. In the moment, everything comes to go. To the mental process, everything comes to be used, to be taken advantage of. It immediately takes it and puts it in time and starts stretching it out and using it. Yeah? But in a sense, everything comes to go. 
feelings come and go for the wife. Where do you, do you see them coming? Did, uh, if I'm sitting here, I know, you know there's a thought about me coming from uh, Hayward. You know? <laughs> I, thank God I missed that one. You know, you know see, it just sees. It's, there's a seeing of it, yeah? And then it opens up, and then other thoughts seem to come from that. Yeah? Or it, 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 it tickles, and then more similar thoughts arise, and then they get glommed on together, and then it's almost like a train, and suddenly you're either on the tracks going to get run over, or you're the driver, or you're in one of the cars, and it seems like you can't get off. Even all the emergency brakes don't seem to work. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. all like that. Just by the thought being claimed as my thought, it changes everything. Seeing a thought is conscious contact. As soon as it becomes my thought, it's an interpretation. Yeah. And most of us aren't doing well with the interpretation. There's an unease to it because it's not living. Really. Yeah? And it's very difficult to override that fact. It's just not living. You're not aware of anything. You are, what you, you are told what to be aware of, what you were aware of, or what you're going to be aware of. Everything gets muted. Uh, and then there's a, there's a malaise, like it says in Buddhism, suffering. There's like a deep dissatisfaction. No matter how, you may have everything you wanted and everything like that, and yet it's still not translating into an ease and comfort. Yeah? And then it says the reason why that is, that suffering is the, is the root of the problem, and what causes the suffering is desire. Yeah? So why, look at a desire. I believe the original desire is the desire to become. That's what the mental process is doing. Yeah? It has an idea of being a body. It isn't a body, but it's desiring to become that all day. And then when it takes itself to be something, it may desire to unbecome that. Yeah? So it's like a constant slinking, going on and on and on and on and on. And it can never find fulfillment because it can't actually be what it desires to become. It can't be a body. Yeah? impossibility. So it's always going to be thwarted. What happens when that is thwarted? It produces a disease or uh, a discomfort, and it, what happens? The system demands relief. What are all addictions but trying to get relief from the prior addiction, the addiction to the self? Yeah. Every other addiction is just coming from there to me. That first addiction isn't being addressed, and it spawns all our other addictions that are attempting to get relief from that. Addiction. Yeah. When I got loaded, I wanted to get out of what self. Yeah. And if you want to know which self you wanted to get out of, it was my self. Everyone would have the same answer: my self. Yeah. So it's not self that we want to get out of. It's my self. That act of being identified is the bonding agent. Yeah. And part of its gluing is when you try to get out of it, that even bonds you even more. And it has to be applied constantly because it doesn't hold, yeah? It doesn't hold. It never seals. It's a, so the glue has to be applied all day. And what is that but the language in one's head? Yeah? What is that but the daily narrative? It's the gluing to the idea of you being a body. Your whole day is told from that point of view. Every fucking second. Yeah? You're, the whole premise, the whole bottom line, every... The, the, the thread that runs through the whole fabric of your existence is that you're a body. 
And then it's really crazy when you try to become spiritual with the prior the prior condition I'm a body never being addressed, and now that body is going to try to become spiritual. Like it's like the last house on the left. It's tried everything else to get relief from being identified as a body. So now it's going to transcend the bodyhood as a body by a spiritual ladder. <laughs> The point is, see, you're not a body. That's the spiritual condition. You are that. Yeah. The highest form of maintenance is the being. Yeah, like Ramana said, to know God is to be God. That's an incredible, beautiful statement to me. Yeah. To know God is not to be a knower of God or a lover of God. It's to be God. Yeah. Directly, right there. forever and I'm always enthused with this. It's just the taste that leaves in my mythical mouth. It's unbelievable. Because it's possible. Yes, it's, a, it's, it's, it's pregnant with possibility. And instead of I will be okay or I was okay as these huge premises for the whole storyline, you are okay. Start there, see what would happen. The whole game board would be, if you'd be on a different game board if the first square is I'm okay. <laughs> Any of the cards of the game would be taken out. They're all based on seeking. They'd all be taken out. You know what I mean? The game would become much simpler. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, the whole premises of the game is you're not okay. And that you have to get okay. And it's on you. <laughs> So yeah, a subjective question may help you. Yeah. A subjective question may be of help. So while you're worrying about next week, this is no opinion about sh that should stop or continue. Just ask who is it that's worrying about next week. And when it answers and it says it's me or something, ask who's that me. Put it to a. Don't let it leave immediately and get into its little assumption. Just let it sit there and actually call it forth, and you'll actually see. Well, you'll see it. It's better for you to find out. But that's really helpful, I'm telling you. I used it, and it was really helpful. It would stop this whole mechanism in its tracks, because it's very rarely addressed with like any kind of inquiry. Yeah. It's very rarely looked at in a curious manner. It's always assumed, and therefore the looking goes out all the time. And even when you look in, you go into the mental process. That's not looking in. That's just looking. You know, it's but if you question the center of the system, see what happens. Maybe the, if that center of the system weakens, I'll tell you the effects of the whole system will weaken. They're all rooted in the center. The self is the main sun of the system. Yeah. When the sun gets pulled out, the system goes in different directions. Yeah. It's driven by different forces. You know, maybe your eye will start seeing nothing. You know, your sense of presence. Yeah. It'll be almost as if it'll be as juicy as seeing a thing, but there'll be nothing to be seen. You'll be looking, seeing nothing in a way, which I think is the infinite activity of mind. It's constantly seeing nothing. Yeah. And these eyes are built to see things, and they will. 
But the single eye, like they said, you know, if your eye be single, your body will be full of light. Well, what is that infinite space but light? So in a sense, you're already full of light, and that light goes on forever, and there's an awareness, so you can call that seeing light, or seeing nothing. But it's never, it's not of time, it's not a procedure, it's not an activity, there's no one doing anything, it's just the way it is. And the mind is right in it now. If the mental process that, that presents you as a self, the only way you can claim all that interest and attention is it's about you. If it's held as not about you, your interest and attention will be dismissed from that, and it may go into the seeing nothing. Yeah. That presence, though not able to be seen or heard or felt or taste, may become the dominant experience or influence in your life. Yeah. The greatest influence in your life will be of nothing, from nothing. Yeah. And you'll get an intimation of that through its expression. So like Jesus says, you can't know the tree but by its fruit. Yeah. So you'll see, you'll get a sense of what it is by its manifesting through you and through others in this life. Yeah. You'll like read the tea leaves in a sense. You'll see the choreography. You'll sense the... Uh, you just sense something. And it, it goes... So deep to the core, it bypasses all thinking and, and ideas, yeah, and beliefs and philosophies. It goes much farther, much deeper, much quicker. And it's like an unspoken yes. And there's a convincing, there's a belief with certainty, or there's an absoluteness to it. Yeah? Which gives, for me, provokes an immunity to all the passing fancies, all the advertising. All the little advertising with all its little hooks to get a sense of being the one who's having it. Being, getting, to get a sense of being the one it's talking about. It's always attempting to produce this leap into being a someone. Yeah? It's always inferring, pointing. It's like in Zen, you know, they say the fingers, a teaching is like a finger pointing at the moon. Don't get caught with the finger. But all this is is a finger. There ain't no moon. But the self is constantly pointing. Yeah? And the, the moon's assumed. It's a taken to be so, yet there's no evidence thereof. But it's just assumed to be, oh, if this is my bottle, yeah? Yeah? where's the emphasis now? Before it was a bottle. Everyone would see it. Yeah? The emphasis would be, yeah, a bottle. Now, this bottle is my bottle. Wow, now what is, what is its vehicle? Its vehicle is to point at the me, the haver of it, yes? The mind sees the bottle, claims it, my bottle, now the bottle is used like this, the point. Problem, used like this, point. Girlfriend, my girlfriend, this, point. Money, my money, this, yes? With the my, everything gets, everything gets point, becomes a pointer, and points at this phantom, and after all these pointings, there's a sense of being that which is being pointed at. Yeah? The mind makes a leap. It leaves the pointing and goes, there must be something there that it's pointing at. Yeah? Now there's a sense of being the you. So when, you're, when the narration is being heard or seen, there's a feeling that it's you that's seeing it. Yes? It's you. That's the product of the system. That's the product of the system. 
That is not an inherent, separate, long-lasting thing that's witnessing something. It's past, it's not, it's way past witnessing. It's taking itself to be what's being suggested. Yeah? It's made a leap into nounhood. With all the verbing, there must be someone who's doing it. There must be a thinker. If, if I didn't do it and you didn't do it, then God did it. There's a God that must have done it. We always are looking for the Alpha and the Omega, the cause, the where, the where the buck stops here, you know? It's me. It's like all this verbing, and then there's this little pop-up of a noun. And as soon as the noun pops up, then all the verbing now has uh, direction. It's all happening to me, or it's not happening to me, or it's happening to them, yes? Instead of seeing everything as, as the happening, now it has a, everything is given a meaning or a direction in relation to you. Yeah. You become the whole center of the system. Why not see if that's so? If it's not, the system will take a new appearance. It will reconfigure. Watch. The way you thought it was always going to be was never that way. It just appeared to be that way with a historical little shock. Just like when you arise, when you arise, there's a feeling that you were historical, isn't there? Oh, I was like... An epiphany occurs if you had an event where there's a, a, a major uh, stoppage of your linear story. Let's say you call it an epiphany. And when it usually ends is the mind, something arises in the mind. I had this incredible epiphany. Yeah? And then you fall for it. And as soon as you buy that view, then there's another one you buy with it, which is the view that was before the epiphany happened. So suddenly, this moment of incredible virgin on this has now been bookended by you and then neutered unbelievably now you have the epiphany and you were the one who didn't have the epiphany until you had the epiphany yeah see it it's all there to be it's all revealing itself in one print one example you can apply the principle of it all yeah if you see one aspect of it of not being true none of it's true yeah you don't have to go through eight billion examples. One can do. You ding. I'm not that. Ding. I'm not that. Ding, 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 ding. Once the mind disengages as not being that, it starts obviously becoming privy to what it is. Yeah. It senses its own presence, not a formulated one as a body. When you close your eyes, do you actually stop here, really? I mean, come on. And then this, uh, who knows what this is, and then you saw it there. You know, like they said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. If that was true, the kingdom of heaven would be very small in this situation. <laughs> There'd be no parking at the kingdom of heaven. Obviously, the you we may have been talking about wasn't you as a body, but what we are. Yeah. So yeah, let's say I'm saying you're a lion, right? Can you hear that? You're a lion. Okay. You're a lion. 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 Hits your little conditional ear, and now it's, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. You're a lion. 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 Yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. I understand. I can become like a lion. No. That's not the message. 
you're lying, right? It's like this one, I read this one transcribed transcription of a teacher giving a great talk on non-doership, you know? There's no personal doer. Four pages in this book, and then it ended, and then there was the next paragraph, student. And the lady goes, I really love, I got what you said, now what do I do? You know, Jesus, unbelievable. Does this The system just, it'll t- it can have an epiphany, it's a minor speed bump to it. It just keeps on rolling. It's just unbelievable. It really is. <laughs> so, there is a solution to the imaginary problem. Doesn't mean it doesn't have effects yet. Because if the mind believes it, the mind's going to give it a lot of juice, and that juice is going to produce the effects. Yeah? Like Jesus says, as it's done according to your belief. Yeah, every time he supposedly healed, he'd say, no, 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 it's done according to your belief. Man. As you think, so it is. That's what happens. Yeah. That's how the meaning, our God juice gets hijacked by this mental process of selfing, and now it plays God with that God juice. And we're at the effect of its playing God, yeah? Because we've taken ourselves to be the dreamt object. And you better believe when you're under those effects, they're as real as real can fucking be to you, yeah? And I don't care what philosophy you have. If your house is burning down and you keep saying, oh, there is no house and that there is no body, you're going to have an experience of frying, yeah? That philosophy ain't going to help you at all. mind disengages from self, what used to be so entrancing will seem boring. What happened? Was it boring or entrancing? It's the meaning the mind gave it, yeah? When it was about what it thought it was, it was, it was very entrancing. When it realizes I'm not that, it's boring as hell. You'll see it's the same old, same old shit. You've been thinking the same shit for years. Yeah? Someone comes over to your house and talks about What's happening, you know, what's not happening and how it's bothering them, basically. You'd be bored in 30 seconds, right? You'd rather do your laundry or walk your dog. And you don't even have a dog, anything. But you've been listening to that same thing in your own head for 40 years. Why? What's the difference? One's held as yours, one's held as someone else's. It's the you, it's the my, it's the act of being identified as. That's what's driving us seemingly crazy. If you put all the attention on the things, you're on the game board. You're going to be, you'll be getting temporary relief, always followed by some more bondage. You know. So, hey, I'm not used to this comfortable chair. I like the little monkish chairs. <laughs> so, any questions today? Um, you were talking about uh, you know being in service, yes, and how that would lead to a release from the bondage of, of selfing, and I had temporarily, yeah. temporarily, and I had that experience. Or you know, uh, people talk about getting in the flow, like working on a project, and maybe you're worried about it at the beginning, but then you sort of get involved in it and you lose consciousness of yourself. Yeah. You're kind of in the flow and you don't have that bondage yourself. That's right. But just to play devil's advocate, when I listen to you, I get a little bit confused because, you know, we're responsible for our bodies, we're responsible for our careers, our futures, and 
in a sense, um, that future projection seems to be a necessary component of survival. Now, I, I so that's where I get a little bit confused about how do you. I wouldn't, don't worry about that, but just maybe use that right now and say, ask who's, who is it that's responsible? Who is it that's doing all the planning? Who is it that's out for your own benefit? Just see if there's anyone there. Yeah? I could ask that question, but I'm curious to know who you think it is. If it's not me or you, is it is it God or is it... Well, it wouldn't matter what I think. You need to find out. Well, you don't need to find out, but you will find out. Yeah. But I don't think there's a who at all. So. I've never met one anyway. <laughs> but I it's, see these, the practicalities of life are built in, too, in a sense, yeah? Uh, basically, a lot, of, a lot of stuff is involuntary and automatic. They've even seen it um, with the question of free will. They've done tests where they have a, a physicist with electrodes on her head just doing a simple uh, uh, demonstration of a, a clock type of thing with a, with a pointer, yeah, and it's going around, and she can stop it at any time. And so sometimes she even tries to fool herself. She says, I'm going to stop it and does it, yeah? But they, they see that what happened is every time she did that, when she actually made the choice, the brain lit up about a second or so before she made the choice. So the choice came from, or the option came from, let's say, what we would call the subconscious, yeah? It's the conscious aspect of the conditioning that claims it and says, I'm the one who made the choice. But in fact, you're driven by forces you're not aware of. And some of those forces are the ones that are promoting you to get to keep on going, yes? Yeah, and I find that... Uh, you know, my experience is I'm not managerial quality, yeah? And so, and I, I surrender and I stay in that admittance of powerlessness and then something runs the show. And I would say, first of all, I don't think it's something, it's nothing, but it, it's obvious that it always has, yeah? My interest and attention was more on the, my, on the narration of that instead of on the experience of it, yeah? Because the narration is about me. The experience is something I... The experience is about that, yeah? I mean, consciousness is what's having this event. Yeah? The thought that I'm the one who's conscious is a story. Yeah? I'd much rather be resting in the event than the story, because my stories haven't turned out too well in this life. <laughs> they have a lot of pages, but they're fucking not worth reading, really. <laughs> Usually turn into melodramas, like hospital or prison melodramas. <laughs> No. This sense of oddness is more than enough, really. Yeah. And then, you'll know what to do when you need to know what to do. Unless you don't. I mean, I take care of myself better than I ever did. Because it's not me taking care of myself, you know? I, I got some weird news today, and instead of... I didn't have one thought about it. I just res did took, took action. I had to go to the bank, I had to do this and that. I did not have one thought about the whole thing. It was obviously there, and there was an incredible response. Before, in the past, I would have been paralyzed and thought about it, and immediately started seeking who I could blame. That's all wasted, just, you know, like, same thing. Like, 
Anytime I have mail, I always take the worst one and be open immediately open at IRS or anything like that. Just fucking get on with it. You know what I mean? Because I know I'll just try to avoid that. Then it becomes like this pulsating center of my next few days. That fucking letter I get. You know what I mean? Just go for it, bro. You're taken care of. What happens? Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to understand what I... um, I'm having an experience that I think is what is called will, or referred to as will. And I've never understood what will for myself, fine in other stories, but in myself I can't identify what is my will. So this is my question. I've had a new experience that I like, which is uh, there's a friend in my life whose attention I want. Now, I see my will as kind of this um, desperate, needy thing that's trying to make some story happen according to my storyline and my um, writing it. And I say, well, this character should uh, call me more often. This character should have more interest in me. This, this, I'm not getting what I want. So this is just, this is so typical throughout all of my life. But anyway, just in this real simplified example... If I'm expecting to get a phone call from this person and I don't, I feel unvalued, ignored, whatever it is. Um, If I realize that it is just a meaningless story that I have spun, and indeed I have no authority to create this storyline or reality, cast it as reality, I find that the action I would have taken in the moment of being offended and wanting to react, if I don't do that reaction, within even 24 hours, I'm having a hugely new experience about something that I guess I thought my storyline could control or shut down or get something from it. Or um, And so I'm questioning, my question is, is that my is that my will? When people talk about surrender, my will in my life, that's a third step. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand what that, what word I would give that, what verb that is, that that action that I do, which is choosing not to do something, which is follow my own story and reaction. Well, that's I think that I believe is grace is brought to you by okay. a pause, right? You didn't yeah, have that before, just did you? Dreaming, no. So you invented a, a certain community that has has a, a we type of access to that grace. So it's a common theme for many people in recovery to pause, uh-huh. yeah? yeah. Where there's a instead of having that knee jerk reaction and going on, you know, having all your actions be based on that false evidence appearing real, mm-hmm. it's held in a in a like a frozen mm-hmm. in a pause where other possibilities come in. Yeah. Yeah? Those right, possibilities, exactly. I said, feel coming out of timelessness. Yeah? Right. And then uh, it, that, that pause can have, a, have the strength to wean you off of that knee-jerk uh, experience. Yeah. Therefore, your next day and days after that are going to be different because now the format of your life is shifting. Yeah? And even, it, just to top it, 
Usually what my reaction wants to do is something that's very selfish, very, usually um, it's anger. Whether it's fear or anger, it's, it's an expression of one of the two things. And I find that what I um, choose to, what is much more acceptable, what really does seem true in reality is that you usually find that I want to be kind or loving towards something I thought I wanted to Let's take this back out of that and just ask again, like we were talking earlier about a subjective question. Who is that I that wants that, who desires that person to be a certain way? And who's that I that thinks it's kind or feels like it's kind? Yeah? Yeah. Not not validated or invalidated in either of those movements, but just questioning the one that's involved in both of those movements. Yeah? Right. Maybe if it ain't about you. The whole idea of the why about will and stuff will be dismissed. You'll lose interest uh-huh. in all those inquiries because they don't bring you. Yeah, this, yeah that's just my take. But yeah, someone else wants to share. Probably yeah. The third step doesn't say give up will. It says give up my will. Will is just energy. I just wanted to know about the word will, not even about yeah. giving it up. Or it's like it's, like it's a house. Yeah. Will is simple. It's a house. And... If the house is filled with I, me, my, then when it has volition and intention, that will that goes outside of the house, because will is that which extends beyond the house, follows back to the I, me, my. So it's already trapped in self-reflection. If the house is empty, if it's the house of nothingness, then it's just like all your will. All your volition and all your intention. Every day you walk along, you're intending to walk along. That's your will. You have free will. Free will means that you use it freely all the time. As long as it's not tethered to I, me, my, you're in freedom. So if you give up your will, then your will, the, the remaining will, is just higher power. It's a higher power. The universe is one. It's non-dual. So the will that exists is a gift of grace so we can function inside this house. But the house is empty until you put I mean mine inside it. Once you scoop them out of the house, there's no problem with will, volition, and intention. So. Yes? Set up in a very interesting way. I'll, next month, I'll reach a day where 
The freedom is really from the need to be liberated, really. The whole thing that, see, there's, the selfing needs to be liberated. It needs to be liberated from itself, and it can't do that, yeah? So that's the beauty. How it can get a sense of liberation from itself is being seen as not you. That's, that, that translates into that sense of, hey, I've been liberated from self. That's how we say it in language, but that's not the, that's not the real sense of it. The real sense of it, there was nothing to be liberated from. That's the real sense of it. The way our heads talks about it is, I needed to be liberated, I've been liberated from it. But in fact, if you were really concise, you couldn't say that with a straight face, because it's not true. It's not true. No one has been liberated from any fucking thing. What you're liberated from is the one who needed to be liberated. That's the beauty of it. Yeah? There is no long-lasting, independent, stable entity with its own quality. When yeah? you say concise, does that mean freedom? Hey, uh, when you use the word concise, you said if, you, if you're concise, then you wouldn't be the... What did I say? <laughs> I just uh, I'm not beholden to anything that comes out here, but there was something being conveyed. I hope it was gotten. It wasn't the words. The whole point of this is, is the mind likes to delay the inevitable of nowness, yeah? By making you having to have a lot of requirements to get ready to be in the now. It will keep adding on requirements as you go on, and each now that you're in will seem not to be the now that you're going to be in when you're purified or you're better or you're clearer. Don't delay, bro. You're not that which needs to get clear. I think a month is not a big delay. Oh, well, then, then if, that, if that's then set, go with that. In other words, like I said, if you feel like you need to be here, you better be here. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, the general idea that you're talking about um, the reason that death is so scary to a lot of people? The idea of not being anymore, just not knowing what it is, you know, because of the um, identification with the body. I would say, I would say the people who are afraid of death are dead already, in a sense. Yeah? In a way, they're dead to life, and that's why they're so afraid that they're going to run out of time, because there's always something more to do or something else to do. Yes? Because their whole living is a doing and a having. It's an appearance. And it's very afraid because appearances end. Yes? What I am is an ending. So someone who's really on usually isn't afraid of death. Yeah? Because they're not afraid of life. Yeah, so, yeah it's beautiful in a way. What I hear you saying uh, repeatedly is that um, we need to uh, stop selfing and stop uh, playing the game here. No, no, I didn't say that. No, 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 no. See, that's that's like the I'm a lion and you can become like a lion. All I'm saying is, I'm not saying you need to stop selfing. I'm saying there's just entertain that there's no you that's selfing or there's no you that's being selfed on. Yeah? There's just selfing. Yeah? The selfing isn't what's binding you or causing any suffering. It's the, th it's the feeling of being the you that's doing it or being done to by it. That's the root of the suffering. So it's not, I'm not saying stop selfing. How can self stop selfing? It's impossible. That's all it is. Its whole premise is selfing. Selfing is all there is, and then there's a sense of being a self that's produced by it. 
Yeah. So no, there's no you can't self can't get out of self. I'm just saying you maybe you're not that which is doing it. If you're not that which is doing it, you'll probably lose interest in the doing of it. And if you lose a sufficient amount of interest, when it huffs and puffs, it won't be able to make a noun. Yeah? You'll still be selfing, but there won't be the sense of being the noun. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't have enough oomph to manifest into a strong appearance. It just goes, it goes, and it's sort of like, it just can't do it. Yeah? And so you see it for what it is. It can never, never, so the selfing goes on. It doesn't mean, if peace is based on the selfing stopping, there's no peace. It's the, what it's based on is there is no self. So selfing is seen as just another verb going on. Yes? Have you experienced that there is a, a, a desire to end the self, or the self is, that this desire arises? For sure. So the self actually does desire to burn itself up and die. Yeah, but how, but that's that's it. That's how it's, how it's as bright as can be it's when it's in the pursuit of trying to die. They, they call it the final desire, the peculiar desire for the desirelessness, and it burns itself up. And yeah. uh, that's my understanding of it. Is that what you experience? No, no, I don't. I don't experience that. What I don't. What I what I experience is buried every fucking day. Well, What's experiencing it is is. There is no sense of being a Paul that's experiencing. We, we can't have your experience right now. In this moment. No, but you you are what I am. <laughs> we, we, we need something to be what you are. <laughs> no, you don't. You need less than something. You need nothing. <laughs> Has anyone ever done that in this moment? Have I hope so. <laughs> I'd say we all are. We're all suffering. You're not suffering. There's a big difference. Oh no! Don't you're just, now you're thrown out. We can't. We don't know what's going on where we're sitting. You know what I mean? We want to end our suffering. It's real simple. We ought to be free. Well, let's say you want to end your suffering, and what we're attempting to say that whole meaning that it has. Yeah, you want to end your suffering. It has a lot of meaning. I can see it. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but there's a lot of meaning there. I'm saying what's really holding most of the meaning is the you. Not wanting to end suffering. It's the you. So we're going to cut, we're going to bypass the wanting, the ending of suffering and go to the you. And maybe if you see that you isn't you, that will be the end of suffering. Yeah. yeah? But not for you. It'll be the end of suffering from you. Yeah? That's the difference with this message. It's not, has, I don't have any opinion about what's happening here. The opinion here is there is no, no one that it's happening to or doing it. There's no one. And I think it's that stabilization of a noun that becomes the fixed object that attention and interest gets enslaved to. We're questioning that. If that drops out, watch what will happen. That same interest and attention that's driving you crazy yeah, will be, will, will be enriching your life. It's the same energy. It's the same energy. It's freed from a slavery. Not to the desire to be uh, free or, or for suffering to end, but for the you that wants the suffering to end. The you that wants the suffering to end is pointing out that it isn't ending, isn't it? That's an incredible amount of suffering. Yeah? So it's it's noble story is I want suffering to end, and yet it's peculiarly interested in everything that it calls suffering. So you're consumed with what you want to end. Then you don't see the role there. So I'm not 
to not be that that's consumed in wanting something to end is probably the quickest way for that fucking thing to end. If you're not that, that wants it to end. Are you saying we need to go from A to Z with nothing in between? I'm not saying you need to do anything. I'm saying there's no you. That's all I'm saying. There is no you as a stable person. Your feelings and the meanings you have about life are being added onto and amplified by the you. We're questioning the you. The you is like the megaphone. You're having a very pronounced feeling of suffering. That's the sound of it. But what's producing that sound is the you, not the suffering. The you. We're questioning the megaphone. That amplification. I'm telling you, life happening and life happening to you is a totally different event. When life is seen as happening, it's a lot easier to travel with. When it's happening to you, unbelievable. You have to realize the you is the biggest impediment. That's all. We're just questioning, let's take the biggest log out of the river and let's see how things move, yeah? All right? We're not, we're not blaming the river. We're not saying we've got to change the river. Why can't we get to the end of the river? We're just going to take the biggest log out of it or question it, hey, is that so? And if it isn't so, it must, it, everything may move in a much clearer fashion from your point of view, because you won't be the fucking big log. It's like being in a movie, and then you look up and you, some, a big head is blocking the movie, and you're going, hey, who's that? And it's you. <laughs> your whole picture of the film is blocked by your own fucking head. That head, that I, me, my, is imaginary. Let's see that. See what the movie looks like when that's removed. And it can be easily removed because it's a fleeting appearance. It can never take real shape. It's not so, nor can it ever be so. It can only appear to be so. In time. Yes? The mind can fall under a trance, but it doesn't change a fucking thing. Mind is mind, it's never going to be that, which it's appearing, it's taking itself to be. So we're just trying to move to an absolute that will give you an immunity to all the buts and the yeses and the noes and the peculiarity and terminal uniqueness and I'm special, no one understands, this is, you know, it works for you but it can't work for me. You know, just trying to question that little thing because I found that's the rub, that's it. Yeah, the idea of being the you that, that wants to be free is probably the biggest impediment for freedom to be available. So you're saying we don't need to do anything to prepare for this, it's just, we just need to make it happen in the moment of the world. Well, you don't make it happen, but if I'm saying that if you need to do something, then you'll probably be led to do it. But in fact, ultimately, you don't need to do a damn fucking thing. Because that's what we are. Who is it that awakens or realizes our true nature? No one. doesn't do anything. No one. The who, there is no doer. Who isn't valuable there? Who has nothing to do with it? Like St. Francis says, he didn't say, who's looking is what you're looking for. He said, what's looking is what you're looking for. Well, other than Susan Siegel, who woke up at a bus stop and didn't know what the hell, where she was, I haven't heard too many people that didn't have some period of spiritual practice, letting go, teachers. Well, then maybe you've been surprised now, because here we are. Did you wake up like Susan Siegel? <laughs> I didn't wake up like Susan Siegel. <laughs> if I woke up as Susan Siegel, I'd be flipped out. <laughs> no. No one woke up. But you had something, something you did before your... No. You the no, because that's the story of me. 
Something happened, but it never happened to me. You go to silent place or something to unwind the No. Nope. You just woke up. It was a regular day at the office. Busy being me. But the fact is, the fact is, there is no one that wakes up. Ask any of these people, did they, if they can say with a straight face that, all right, this is what I did for this to happen, and if you follow, it'll happen to you. They're fucking liars. When we get in this problem of working, so you like me, so we say, well, no, you can't say awakening, because that word's not styling what you need to say. You realize the true nature of the infinite moment, and you have an experiential love. Oh, you're going to love us. You better stick with us. No, really. You're going to love us. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. What you, what I recommend, keep coming back. We're going to, this is going to be great for all of us, me and you and everyone. Yeah. I really believe it. I have a strong feeling of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because one thing is, when we're talking about the idea of self, hopefully we're not going to jump into any therapy. We're going to just stay on point and just look at it. I don't give a shit about this side of the equation, what's happening and this and that. The who is happening it to is the main meaning giver. That's That I, I like to look at because if you look at it enough, you'll see it. And you'll see it and it'll distill into one message. I'm not that. I am not that moon, that fake moon, all those arthritic fingers are pointing at all day. Yeah. The reflection is just a reflection. There ain't no moon given the reflection. It's an appearance on the surface of the water. Yeah. This is going on long today. A fellow knowledge of suffering and attachment and thinking cannot help you. I mean, there are lots of teachings, like, so it's a guy, Buddha. You know, he just said, yes, there's suffering. Thinking is the cause of suffering. And the self is thinking. And what's the first of his eightfold path? Correct view. There is no long-lasting individual entity called self. There's a compass in Zen, how to find a way. It's called keep, don't know mind. What is this? Who am I? The very state of unknowing is expansive. That's all. So it's the state of abiding. It's not the thorough knowledge. Thorough knowledge avails us nothing.